0: Listening to the Retro Guardians. Okay, now
1: what? Buckle up. Here, here. Have you ever bought or rented a videotape that wasn't quite right? <laughs> Groovy. Little hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Hasta la vista, baby. Retro Guardians. Hi, I'm Ben.
0: I'm Jay, welcome.
1: To this week's...
0: Retro Guardians.
1: Amen. (laughs) So, Jay and I had decided this week that we realised we'd done too much horror in the last couple of um, sessions and uh so we decided to mix it up a bit and do a few films from the 90s lately and we seem to be stuck to a sort of genre at the time that when we were teenagers we were really interested in and it was sort of more the internet sort of computer-based kind of movies in the mid 90s and so this film i mean we seen it when it was on video and at the time it didn't feel as relevant as it does now i mean we were sort of taking things for granted i mean This movie showed you could order pizzas online, and we're like, yeah, that's never going to crack on and happen. But, uh, well, shows you what we know. Here we are, menu log, Uber Eats. We're ordering all sorts of stuff online. And this movie is aptly named The Net. It was the first major starring role of Sandra Bullock on her own. Um, She had done just before that uh, Speed and Demolition Man. They really put her on on the map, and this was her first starring vehicle on her own and i have to admit it for her first starring act she really did pick the right genre to sort of do it in and it was really the beginning of not just what the internet the computers could do but also the so the idea of identity theft and yeah the scary side of hacking on a personal level and as jay has many times mentioned before everything has to be put online now all your information everything
0: it's pretty scary actually and i think um, I'll have a listen to this trailer in a second. It, it sums up the identity branch and, stuff. And the that,
1: sort of unnervingness of
0: that as yeah, well. Yeah, but like everything you do, you open a bank account, you've got to provide 100 points of ID. Phone, 100 points of ID. It, like you are constantly uploading ID documents um, countless times yeah, in, a, in a year. And it's scary because everyone can get hold of this stuff. Let's just have a listen to this trailer. I think it sums it up perfectly.
1: Yeah. We all live in the age of information. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world and all we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my mom? Every trace of our existence is computerized. Everything about us is encoded somewhere on a complex network of information. Computers your life, aren't they?
0: Yes, perfect hiding place.
1: Computer analyst Angela Bennett was just doing her job oh
0: my God.
1: when she stumbled
0: onto something what is this? she never should have seen. I plugged it in and I'm staring. Yeah, at the and that, and that sets the, the tone for the rest of this movie, I think. But just how it talks about everything about your life being online on a system, and this movie sets the premise of okay, well. Uh, if everything's on on a computer what happens if somebody's got access to that computer and changes it
1: and not only that the kind of people you don't want to have access to it and can change it that's the interesting thing
0: malicious access to your data yes
1: Mm. and the whole idea of sort of if if we have security in line who watches the security and and so forth it's Mm. scary to think about that and it was one of the first films to sort of do that in that way and rightly so that the film is more like a thriller than anything and it works on that level because also how do you hide in the age of uh, of computing and all that too it's the whole of it being tracked and all that and really it it is is like a perverted version of stalking in a way
0: well it is yeah 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 Yeah.
1: and i think in this day and age it very much sums up the early days of that Mm. um there's a few moments in this film that i remember watching with you the first time when you pointed it out i mean you said it specifically that's not true this yeah. couldn't happen. But you did point out things that were true, and you said all that can happen, and that's true. The IP addresses and that, you were pointing all that out I think to me.
0: they did it well. I think, look, I mean, yeah, there were a few inconsistencies, but all in all, they showed a lot of the um, the systems access, and, and I think they did it well. I think it, it combined a really good... Um, i guess view of the internet view of the computer networks and and what was needed to manipulate them and then it also really did that social engineering aspect where they've um, shown how tweaking that information on the systems can impact your life so yeah i think it was done well so do we talk a little bit about the plot and
1: i think we should i Mm. do think we should um Like I said, this was Sandra Bullock's first major starring role on her own. She did a great job. And she Mm. did, and uh, she picked really well. Like I said, the year earlier, she'd done Speed. And, I mean, you and I both love that movie, and it's a film that also still holds up to this day. Mm. So I think, you know, she'd done Demolition Man in 93 with Stallone. That was the movie that put her on the map. She'd done a couple of little films before that. I'd never seen any of those. It was Demolition Man that I knew her for, and then Speed. And, I mean, it was rightly so that they offered her this lead and it was a good story. And um, I think it was made at the right time, Joe. This is a movie I do believe was at the right time. It had had to be made in the mid-90s, in the early days of it. It does touch on politics. It does touch on the whole idea of what we talked about with security, Mm. but also the perverted side of it as well and the perverted side at the time that people felt... Certain people shouldn't have too much power in that regard.
0: Mm, and, and I think it just showed the vulnerabilities of
1: the systems. Yes, and um, the other thing too, this this she wasn't like a superwoman. She wasn't like, you know, a, a crusader or, not or any of that. She was just a simple. was a system analyst, Jane. Yeah, I was a software right? developer, I think. Yeah, yeah systems yeah, analyst. Yeah, yep. and so someone that is not as well known someone who's not out drawing attention she just essentially works from home and that's it she yeah, doesn't testing software and stuff yeah, yeah and... so she doesn't have a lot of interactions with people so no. the film starts off with this moment happening that sets the tone for the whole movie without me yeah. going into it too much it's political and then it cuts to her getting a message from a friend of hers played by uh, i think it was ray mckinnon i hope i'm saying his name right it was Ray. Which one was he? Dale? Yes. Yeah. Ray. Ray is a very good character actor. I think a lot of people these days would know him from shows like Dead Wood. He played The Preacher at the start. He was also in Sons of Anarchy, I think, for the fourth season as one of the, with the, with the co- cops or something going after him. And I knew him for movies like Needful Things and uh, Apollo 13. And I think he was even in recently uh, Ford vs. Ferrari plays... Um, Carol Shelby's right-hand man and Matt Damon's character. So this is like a seasoned guy. I mean, you know him if you saw him. He opens the movie with sending her a site, I think it's called Mozart's Ghost, if I seem to remember correctly. On a floppy disk? Yeah, something like that or something connected. (laughs) And... Also, something in that earlier sequence when she's testing, we find out she's actually collecting viruses for a friend of hers who has a weird collection hobby. Mm. And then he says, you know, check this page. And she, he says, anything look strange? He goes, "She goes, no, just this little icon down the corner. And he says, press on it, and it, click, yeah. scroll, collect or something. And then the whole thing takes off from there. It somehow accesses. It was a pie symbol. pi. Yeah, it was pie. That's right uh platorians that's the name of the Platorians rip- is the name of the, the criminal network yeah, yeah and that's who this this thing is connected to but mm. she doesn't know that or anything at the time and it somehow takes her into a system that she shouldn't be ha- able to have Correct. access to.
0: Was it the gatekeeper or something? The software?
1: No, but it was something connected to, to, to yeah, the same so group. The,
0: the pie. When when you click the pie, it takes you into the gatekeeper, which was um, a software system made by Greg Microsystems. And remember, he was selling it as like a software security package. So everyone was buying it and installing it on the. And software. all the major systems, especially, yeah. had this. And it's conveniently putting in a backdoor for the pre Yeah, it's.
1: Uh, uh, I remember this. Very uh, mm. later, as the film goes on, she figures out this thing is sort of like a Trojan horse mm. setup, and that was the bit I got. Even I'm like, all right, they can get in without anyone else knowing they're in there, yeah. and that's the scary part. So this friend of hers, Dale, shows her this, and he says, "I'm flying down there tomorrow. I'll see you then." And he's flying. He's a he's a his own pilot, flying a small plane, but the tower's telling him, "No, you're not where you're supposed to be." He goes, "Yeah, my system's telling me I'm," and then suddenly. We see him hit a smokestack or something, and he, mm. and he gets killed. Anyone that is aware of this system or these things suddenly start popping off one after another. And there's a moment in the movie where she gets on an online dating, and this is the early online dating sort oh, yeah. of thing, and she puts in what she wants as, like, the ultimate man or date she wants. Cuts to her then later on holidays. I don't remember where she is. It's a Bahamas or something like that. And she meets a guy on the... On the um, on the beach, who just seems to be at the right place, right time, mm. we suddenly realize he's actually working for the group that is responsible for this. And then she asks him, what, "What? who are you, Jack? What are you? And then he does literally word for word quotes what she wrote about a man. Mm. And that's the moment it hit me. I thought, this is scary. This is someone can do this to you. It's a very unnerving kind of thing. Mm. And then long story short, she gets into a boat accident, loses all her, her ID and everything, and suddenly someone comes up to her at the airport going, are you Ruth Marks? And it's like, <laughs> no, that's not my name. But it's the name in that we have of you. And she's got no passport. She, she has to sign it to get out of the country. Yeah. When she gets home, her home is completely gone. All the things are gone. Sold, yeah. Everything, her identity, everything. And now everyone's referring to her as Ruth Marks. And that's really where the thriller aspect of the movie sort of like yeah. fugitive son sort of vibe and she's able to call an old boyfriend of hers who happens to be a doctor a psychiatrist I can't remember what his profession is it's played mm. by Dennis Miller and Dennis was a comedian mm. and Dennis knows who 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 she is and he's what's going on what what why are you freaking out what's and then she's able to get back into the system and discover which starts off the whole film that a congressman shoots himself suicide because he believes he's got AIDS.
0: Yeah, they uh, the, the Praetorians
1: changed his result, his test result. Um, and that's when she discovers and tells him that. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean they changed it What? That, that guy killed himself. And um, yeah. the other thing they do, this is the the sadder thing. I think he's an epileptic or diabetic or something yeah, yeah. in the movie. They changed Dennis's medication, which kills him. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, those are those aspects of it that start to really creep me out that these people can do this sort of thing. Mm, yep. And... More than once, they almost get her. There's a couple of situations. She even reaches out to a a chat room. That's a really cool one. Because you used to do those, Jay. (laughs) I actually remember those. Oh,
0: man. I loved the 90s chat rooms. They were an amazing place. None of this shit... Bad behavior. That's well, there was bad behavior, but none but of this not crap like crap that's now. online now. Oh man, it was just such a fun place. Anyway, so yeah, what was the name of the guy? Super Blob or something oh, like Cyber Bob. Cyber Bob. But Cyberbob. there's a great
1: moment with him when he warns her not to. you know, <laughs> yeah. He goes, "What's the pie mean?" And he tells her, platorian pretorians, yeah. nasty. You know, nasty terrorists or whatever." Uh, Cyber terrorists. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, "We need to talk." She he goes, "Not here. Pick a place." I mean, yeah, they actually kill him. Yes. Yes. And and she. She's waiting for him at a carnival, and I remember you pointing out the um, the guy done up in the bear suit or something that's running around. He saves her inadvertently. Mm. She's able to sneak away again, and then she finally figures out how to take them down and how to prove that who she is. The other mm. thing I quickly mention: her mother's got um, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, and I I can't remember the lady's name off the top of my head, the actress, but she was in the Diane Silence Baker. of the Lam- Yeah, she was in Silence of the Lamb. She played the senator. At the okay. start. That, yeah, it's in the in with it's her daughter that Buffalo Bill's got. That's mm. the whole plot there for that movie as well. And she's really good and she's a pianist, but she can still play piano and that's a threat that he does to her, Jack does to her, and she's yeah. like, You hurt my mother and I'll I'll bring you all down. And I think that's the moment when she's like, Alright, I've gotta I've gotta do this or she's I'm not gonna got, get yeah. my life back. Yeah, She's able to connect everything in a way that there's a moment in the movie now. What, how they actually did it in the movie, as Jay says, they do show like the log-ons and all the things for for IP addresses and that. But in the film, Cassandra was not a good typist. It was already pre-done, so mm. it didn't matter what you typed on the keyboard; it would come up on the screen the way it's supposed to. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they did that uh, to save time and effort, and they had a lot of guys on there in it. So there's a really great scene where she gets into her, her main uh, workplace and. Able to get to the system where her doppelganger, who's now using her name and identity, is, mm. and uh, is able to um, prove it, and also gets a message that the main Platorian wants Mozart's ghost destroyed, and she's like, Who, "Who's the main Platorian?" Yeah. And she's able to to crack it, and then reveals it's the guy that created the Gatekeeper program, Jeff yeah, Bennett. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, and she- there's that great moment when she's like, "You're responsible for all this."
0: Yep, yep. And then she goes to the computer Now, that
1: was another thing at the time. You were really starting to tell me about some Mm. of these. I didn't know there were computer conventions back then. Yeah, they were big. And you were telling me that. So, the one that she went to... San Francisco? uh,
0: um, I
1: think it's San Fran in the movie.
0: I don't know. But it was actually at the 1994 Macworld Expo.
1: Where was Uh, that held at? Not sure. Don't know. Somewhere. Um,
0: But, yeah, so she's she's gone in and used one of the computers at the Macworld Expo and uh, uploaded her floppy disk um, containing all the evidence against this gatekeeper guy and the Praetorians and sent it straight to the FBI. And effectively, that was how she's got her life back, wasn't it? Yeah. there was a quote that Angela said, and I'll I'll rephrase it, and it, it just sort of goes back to the whole how scary it is. She says, just think about it. Our whole world is sitting there on a computer. It's in the computer, everything. Your DMV records, your social security, your credit cards, your medical records, it's all right there. Uh, it's like this electric, electronic shadow on each and every one of us just begging for someone to screw with. And you know what? They've done it to me. So I think that just sort of, you know, the topic of cyber security. And, and that was the mid-90s. To, like, the that was thing. the mid-90s, absolutely. It's yeah. even more prevalent now. That's it's scary insane, now how yeah.
1: it's, yes. Even more so with iPhones and all that too. And now. it's
0: so hard to get stuff reversed these days, you know? like it's. Um,
1: so there's a moment in the movie where she realises she's been tracked by the phone she has Mm -hmm. you know and she realizes even then to get rid of the phone yeah and um there's several moments in it but they very much the whole bit at the start with collecting viruses actually comes back and helps her in a a big way the Mm. whole bit how it ends and there's a moment where she does bring their system down, and you just see her sort of sneak back over the computer and just grab the disk and a couple of things that were on the computer. Mm. And she sees the system going down, and they're like, "The whole thing's coming down. It's some sort of virus." And she just slightly smiles and walks off. Yep. It cuts to her in a new home with her mother, and then you hear it's a, a n- news flash over over the airwaves about that he a, the the main big Mister Big Jeff Bennett's been. Um, arrested at his big mansion you know p- penthouse in New York and they're able to connect everything back to him and the deaths of the congressman but then it connects to another story about two found bodies at the at the um, computer <laughs> expo and they have no IDs or <laughs> Who no they are yeah they can't <laughs> tell you they're unknowns yeah. and I'm like yeah. oh wow yeah. so yeah there was a few of those moments that the like, slight yeah all right they, they tied those ends off very nicely and it worked out mm. really well. Yeah. Um, I believe it was the second film by Irvin Winklow who was the produce he's a producer before this on a lot of films since the late 60s I think he'd done a film just before that with Robert de Niro who he, he produced I believe the original Raging Bull so he directed a film just before this and then he directed this one and this film by the way was very successful financially yeah. and well, I think it was huge. made for just over 20 million dollars. Nice. And it made over 110, It's That's crazy. Yeah,
0: that's it's a big contrast to the Hackers movie, isn't it, that yeah. we spoke about last episode? Um... And I think, actually, let me just compare those two and why this one maybe did better. Hackers had more of the visual aspect, whereas this one, the visual aspect was minimal, like it was just standard. It was more of a thriller. This had that storyline that Hackers was missing. It had a really good story, something that hadn't been done before, and something that was really making people think.
1: Three years later, we had um, Enemy of the State come out, and that was that to the next level what happens. Yep when you know you do something and then people are trying to discredit you and you're on the run and people think you're a crook and all that. Mm. That was on a bigger level. But I think that kind of film wouldn't have been made without films like The Net proving, hang on, we can do films like this, look at that. Okay, yeah. we can do a little bigger and make it more like an action thriller. But The Net was not action, it was a thriller. That was the whole point of it.
0: Has there been many other... Um Sort of technology-based thrillers like this
1: since a handful, maybe not many. is No, there? only a handful I can think yeah. of off the top of my head.
0: Mm. Interesting, and I think it did it really well. Um, and less was better. That's the big absolutely. thing. Absolutely, less yeah, it is got better. Got you thinking. One of the things, I I remember when we were kids watching it, I said to you, you, as you said at the start of the movie, I'd be like, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong, that, that bit's right. My
1: ordering pizza online. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, one of the things I said at the time to you was, oh, that IP address is wrong. Yes, I do remember uh, yeah. that. 24.75.345.200, and it, none of those subnets can be greater than 255, and one of the numbers was 345, so I'm like, that's a fake IP. Anyway, I picked it up as a you know teenager, however old we were, when 15 or something, 14, um, when these come. But um, anyway, the movie um, directors actually made the IP address knowingly fake because they were worried that if they showed a real usable IP address on the show... Yes, uh, that someone would try hacking it, and it could actually be an IP address that belongs to an innocent company, and you know would, would make them subject to malicious hacking attempts. So they've actually—that's why they made this fictitious IP address, which I thought was really smart. I didn't realise at the time, apart from me going, "That's wrong," but there is actually the motive. Um, and also, if we look at the technology in the show, um, it's very Mac-focused as well. She's running a Power Mac uh, with System Seven which is a precursor to the mac os um so that was really cool lots of, lots of mac um operating systems laptops uh, desktops you can see some of the early mac screenshots um at the start do you remember at the very start before the story kicked off she was in her home testing some software and it was yes. a, it was a game yes he was debugging that was um the apple version of wolfenstein 3d
1: yeah i do remember that actually mm. because yeah they were starting to be the big craze back then too yeah the apple that,
0: version yeah. was a little bit different to the pc one but yeah that that was cool um and I mentioned the Macworld Expo that was really cool also. So yeah, there's lots of lots of little um cool tech stuff in it for for people that love the the tech side of things as well. Just on top of that cool thriller story plot that we've got. Mm. Now
1: at the time this really pushed Sandra Bullock up there too. I think yeah. that was the first film like I said she was on her own. It was not another big name. Mm. Just a quick shout out. I also got to mention I I didn't name the main bad guy. It was played by Jeremy Norton. Jeremy would later be in Mimic. Devlin. Yeah, he was Devlin. Yeah, he'd later be in Mimic, uh, I think two years later, for Guillermo de Toro opposite Mira Savina. But he was also in Gosford Park for Robert Altman. But I think most people remember him in the first two seasons of The Crown. He, oh. he was in that for a while. But he 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 was another Englishman come over to America mm. and he's he's worked constantly non-stop since then. He's very familiar. As soon as you see him, you'd know him straight away. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, that was the first introduction to him that I first saw. I think it was the first time I saw Dennis Miller as well. He'd later be in Tales from the Crypt presents um, Bordello of Blood, which you and I saw too. I think it was the same year. Mm. And, I mean, I mean, that was that one period about the 90s. You had a lot of people working... And, I mean, it was still your introduction to them, and you may have found out, oh, actually, they've been around 10 years at this point, but I've only mm. just seen them now. But there was a lot of like great character actors in a lot of these movies that made those bigger stars look even better and bigger, and, I, I mean, that's a great example of that. So um, what would you rate it a 10, Jay? Uh,
0: I really like this one. I'm probably going to give it
1: um, maybe a 8.5 i put it up there, too. I'd give it an eight. It yeah. worked for me. It, it, it really does work for me in that sense. Mm, um, I think
0: it's not just the fact that it was a good story, good tech, good... It was also that 90s nostalgia for me that pushes up the rating.
1: Also, yeah, I concur, but it really worked for me for one reason, making it a thriller. If it had been a drama or something like that, nah. or just that, it wouldn't have worked. Thriller nah. is really where this Kids, kind of Kids film edge. fits. Mm. Yes, and... Like I said, she she this put Sandra up the top. I mean, she she worked constantly after this, and I mean, she was always. Um Pretty much has been sort of the, you know, the, the, the main name on the marquee for a long time after this.
0: Mm. Oh, And I, I should mention um, that there was actually a The Net 2.0 as a sequel. However, it was an independent storyline, not related to the first. Haven't seen it, not
1: going to see it. Not bothering to see it.
0: No. And there was also a spin-off uh, of a TV series. How um, long did that last? I don't know. I don't think it lasted very long at all. It was... um, One season. Early 2000s. I think it might have even been two seasons. 22 episodes. Um... And it, I, look, I'm, I'm not going to bother with that either. I mean, I can see the potential on how this could be turned into a series. I think it, um, but it would have a limitation as to how long you could push it for. Because it only can happen for so long um, before you sort of get get over it. Yeah, one season. One I'm season, saying. 22 episodes. Yeah.
1: It was the same director. He, he was producer on this as well. The original producers did it. They tried mm. to, to do it. Um, but no one from the original one was in there. I do notice a few names with like one particular name in there went on to be in CSI straight after this. So Tim Curry was in nine episodes. Yeah. Uh, Eric, mm. um, so yeah, he was in, um, CSI for a lot of it. So I think this was just before CSI. So mm. that helped him out get there. But 22 episodes for one season is pretty good. Even if it just lasted one season. I mean, mm. they barely get 13 these days. Mm. Yeah, so, oh, 98,
0: 99, There you go. So it was hot on the heels of the um the movie. movie. But yeah, I don't know. Look, I'm I'm probably not going to I would have done it as time, a movie. So. Honestly,
1: I would have just mm. continued on to into, into another movie I would have mm. done. But like just bring that down again, Jay. Um Yeah, she went on to do several movies straight after this where she was the main actress on the marquee after that. Mm. I think she also did Time to Kill the same year. And, I mean, she wasn't... uh, McConaughey was ahead of her and that, and so was Sam, but she was still up there with the main four actors. Mm. So, I mean, this really put her on the map. I really mean this. This was the film that proved, like, all right, we could put this lady in, in movies and people will watch her. Yeah, because for a long time there's not a, I mean it there was not a lot of ladies at that exact time period who were getting that, that sort of deal there was a handful maybe mm. and I mean yep. you you could probably name a couple and I could probably name a couple but she was definitely in there as a result of this movie mm. so I would yeah i like you I think it's, it's, it's very nostalgia full for us for the 90s but it is a good film and I do recommend people to check it out
0: Excellent. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, follow us on Facebook, Retro Guardians Podcast, if you haven't already. And we look forward to speaking with you again, listen or for you to listen to us again in our next. As you episode. can
1: tell, we're quite happy to keep talking, and if you're happy to listen to us, we'll keep doing it. Absolutely.
0: Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye. Bye. Retro
0: Guardians.